it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. You'll remember that last October, an election process was held and Julianne Bell was elected to the board unopposed. We've spoken to Julianne several times on the program over the last couple of years, and uh, this time she joins us as a brand new board member. Julianne, welcome back to the program. It's great to have you back. Thanks, Vaughan. I'm becoming quite the regular on New Horizons. Tell us about your background. I know we've been through this before when we uh, we talked to you last year about a couple of different things, but just give us a bit of a rundown of your background and your involvement with BCA thus far. Well, I've been blind since birth and uh, I have grown up here in, in, well, I've grown up in Brisbane. I say here in Brisbane, but I'm not in Brisbane anymore. I always forget that. And I went to Narbathon School, as it was back then, and um, then I was integrated into a regular school. Um, I went to Cavrope High. People will know me from there. I went to um, the University of Queensland at St Lucia, and then I basically started teaching around the western suburbs in uh, in Brisbane. Uh, while I got married and had some had some kids. And then I decided I was a bit bored, so I did a master's in choral conducting and opened a not-for-profit in my spare time. And it's worth pointing out that your not-for-profit organisation is not to do with choral conducting. It's not. It's to do with teaching flash sonar and selling very nice quality long canes to people in Australia. And some listeners may remember that uh, some time ago now, some years ago, in fact, we spoke with Daniel Kish, who is the uh, the head, I guess you could say, of World Access for the Blind uh, across the world. And a very interesting interview that was too. And uh, we might repeat that again at some stage uh, in the near future. But tell us a little bit about BCA and how... It, how tell us a little bit about BCA, how you got involved and why. I uh, utilised BCA for some, some advocacy I've always been my own advocate. I was feeling a little bit vulnerable and I really wasn't sure where to turn. And so I spoke with uh, one of the BCA staff members at the time and was given a bit of guidance. They didn't have to act on my behalf. I was able to, to manage the situation myself. So it was really helpful to get information from another line person who had been through similar things to what I was going through. I, I just was able to not feel so alone when I approached uh, BCA. I just realised that uh, I hadn't really given BCA credit for all of the work that they had done, not only for individuals, but for for us as a, as a, as a group of blind people. And so I gradually started to find out a bit more about it. I had, of course, see some really positive things about BCA on Facebook because of Emma Benison's involvement as CEO and Emma and I had been school friends since we were tiny and so I had started to get a really lovely feel for the organisation through watching the work that Emma was doing which was, was fabulous work and is fabulous work. So I was encouraged on a few fronts to get involved and now here I am um, working at branch level and also now working at uh, national level which is really exciting. 
You were elected unopposed to the board uh, at the election process last October. What does being on a board of an organisation like BCA mean to you? Even though there weren't a lot of nations for the positions, I know that if I wasn't suitable, I, I probably wouldn't find myself here. Um, I feel very honoured, actually, to be a part of such a great group of people. Um, an organisation really only stands on the shoulders of the people that that run it and facilitate it and move within it. And this group of people that I've now started to get to know is simply astounding in their intelligence, their integrity, their passion for the work that BCA does. And to be a part of that group is something very special. It's also very nice to be valued because of the fact that I have a lived experience of blindness. And, and it reminds me what unique and, and special skills we can bring to a situation because of our lived experience. You have a, a real opportunity to have an impact over the next um, two years or so, or three years of your, your board term. What do you think are the key messages that you want to get across to the people that you represent? I want blind and low, people who are blind or have low vision, I want them to know that BCA is there for everyone, not a niche group or a, or a little click group or a, or a group just for the people that feel like being involved. It's a group for everybody. And I think that's a really important message that Emma has been working really hard to get across and I'd like to continue that work. I'd also like to help people to stand up for things. There's a lot of people who settle for things because they've either been, you know, led to believe that this is what they must do or they've not been able to experience something slightly better. You know, for so long we settled for not having audio description on our televisions and people are starting to experience that and starting to see what that might be like and people are starting to ask for it in, in, a, in other arenas now. And I really want to be an advocate for change and growth and for blind people to not have limits on their expectations of the world and, and organisations and people around them. I'd like to, to allow them to reach for whatever it is they want to reach for. And I'd love BCA to be right with them when they do that. Do you think we're at a place yet where blind and vision impaired people could reasonably expect to just walk in and expect equal access to pretty much anything? I do think... It they should be able to expect it, but I don't think that they can as yet. And I think that some of that falls to us in the way that we ask for that access and in the way that we educate, in the way that we advocate. But a lot of it does fall to the fact that we are not the minority. We are, sorry, we are not the majority. We are the minority often in the situation and things are often built for the use of the majority and we have to work to make ourselves more important I suppose my argument is if one person can't access something it isn't accessible um, that's not a widely held argument amongst companies and people that I deal with but you know I've often had people say for example um, to friends oh why do you describe your pictures on Facebook and they'll say, oh, I have this friend and she's blind and she really likes to know what's in pictures. And they go, wow, you do all that work just for one person. And my friends often say, I do all that work because I don't know how many people might be looking at my pictures and wanting to know what, what's in them. And that's the message we have to get out there, you know. You think you're only doing it for one person, but you could be doing it for all manner of people, people that make up 
after people that may be accessing a service that you don't even realise they're accessing. We had a situation happen to me when we, we started getting the, uh, the dots on our money. Um, I was extremely arrogant in, in my comment on somebody's Facebook post and I said, oh, what's the point in putting these stupid dots on? Why don't they just put braille numbers on the money? And someone came back to me quite reasonably and said, because there are plenty of people who are blind or have low vision who do not read Braille. And I thought, well, I've just been very rightly told that actually I'm not thinking of the whole blindness community. I'm simply thinking of those like myself who use Braille. And it's really changed my thinking ever since I had that encounter. And boy, did I learn something. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've been a Braille reader all my life, but I'm tall enough that the accessible buttons on the lift are very slightly too low for me to read comfortably with Braille. And so yeah. what I will often do, because if I try and read them with Braille, it's with the very end of my finger where my fingernail is. It's really the most comfortable spot to reach. And that's, as everyone who reads Braille will know, that is not a good way to read it. And so I actually use the large print raised numbers to tell what the uh, which button I'm pressing rather than using the Braille. Um, and it's it's very interesting because the number of times people will tell me, oh, look, there's, there's Braille on this, there's Braille on this, and they get very excited, and half the dots are missing or broken off or something like uh, that. It's really quite amusing. Yes, I have the opposite problem to you because I'm quite short, and I find it very difficult to – well, I don't now because I walk along. If I'm looking for a sign, I'll put my hand above my head. But most of the signs, as in toilet signs or lift signs – are at most people's eye level, which is in fact above my head. So I have to reach with my little hands above my head to find the braille signs, which people find very amusing to look at. So yeah, this, this whole notion of accessibility, it, it, it comes in many forms and it wears many costumes. And I think sometimes we really do have to unpack it and, and realize that, you know, whom are we really making this accessible for? Mm. And I, I think that's a, a really vital point because we do need to think, and not only just of people who are blind or vision impaired, but people with other disabilities or maybe people who are blind or vision impaired who have other disabilities because there's mm. a significant number of those around there, uh, people with yes. hearing impairments, physical disabilities, intellectual disabilities and the like. And you know, what's accessible for you and me is not necessarily accessible for them for, you know, the reasons that we've just outlined and others. So, you know, but in terms of your work on the board of uh, BCA over the coming years, there's a number of projects that Blind Citizens Australia is currently involved with. What really gets you excited? What are you really excited to be working on? I'm a policy person. I love policy. <clears throat> I, I, I get excited about wading through pages and pages of policy. I know it says a lot by my social life. Um, but I really do enjoy policy. And I'm, I know that we're looking at a lot of e-scooter policies and I think the education policy is being reviewed and there's a few sort of hot button areas there for me. So um, as part of my work with the board, I will be a member of the National Policy Council. So I'll get to get my teeth right into some policy. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm also really looking, I, I would really love to um, be more involved with, the audio description or the TV for all campaign. Um, I think we've got a ways to go in, in really making that uh, user friendly because so many of us, for example, use catch up TV rather than real TV. And it'd be great to have audio description on those services. Um, and it'd be great to have audio. Can you imagine audio description on commercial television? As I say it, it sounds like 
I don't know, it sounds like I'm speaking about a flying car or something, but wouldn't that be amazing? We've certainly come a long way, but you're absolutely right. We've got a long way to go, and that is the case in so many areas that uh, on which BCA focuses. And I'm particularly keen to see their work develop on employment and uh, accessibility mm. and things like that. So congratulations on being elected to the board, and uh, I wish you the best of luck, and I know this won't be the last time we speak with you. Thanks, Vaughan. It's always a delight to talk with you, and I'm looking forward to doing great things with BCA. And that was Julianne Bell, new board member of Blind Citizens Australia. In the coming weeks, we'll be speaking with Francois Jacobs, who is also new to the board. And just a brief message from Blind Citizens Australia staff. The next round of the Hugh Jeffrey Scholarships is open. If you're interested, contact Blind Citizens Australia. Hopefully, we'll be able to bring you more information in the coming weeks. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1800 033 660. That number is 1800 033 660. You can, of course, email bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. Have a look at the website if you want to know more about the work of Blind Citizens Australia and if you'd like to uh, donate to the organisation. All donations are much appreciated and of course all donations over $2 are tax deductible. bca.org.au is the address for the website. And if you're listening to this program on the radio and would like to subscribe to the podcast, search in your favourite podcast app for Blind Citizens Australia. There's a couple of options there. You've got New Horizons, of course, and also Blind Citizens News, which is our regular news magazine. I'm Vaughan Benison. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream. Of our dreams.